It's just what the doctor ordered. It's time for your daily dose of awesome. Check your hate and negativity at the door as mom, wife, teacher, and lover of life, Cindy Liming shares awesome, fun-loving tips on how you can bring positivity, fun, and laughter into your life and into the world. And now, here's your host, Cindy Liming. This is a Spiva Media production. It's just what the doctor ordered. It's time for your daily dose of awesome. Check your hate and negativity at the door as mom, wife, teacher, and lover of life, Cindy Liming shares awesome, fun-loving tips on how you can bring positivity, fun, and laughter into your life and into the world. And now, here's your host, Cindy Liming. Hey there, this is Cindy Liming, your host of your Daily Dose of Awesome. On this show, I talk about all the things that I find to be awesome in this journey called life. By sharing what I find, I hope that you too will be able to create more awesomeness in your corner of the world. Before I get started, I wanted to share with you about my summer side hustle, and that's writing a course for the app Listenable. Listenable can be found on the App Store. If you love to learn like I do and you also love podcasts, this is definitely the app for you. Listenable has courses that you can listen to like a podcast on a variety of topics. They upload more classes within a few days to a week. Each lesson within the course is about 5 to 10 minutes long. The course I created is called The Power of Positivity. If you enjoy this podcast, I'm certain you will love the class as well. So many of us have been in a slump, especially during the pandemic. I really think that you will love this class. I can guarantee you will find more classes that will interest you in the Listenable app besides mine. There is something for everyone. Again, get the Listenable app from the App Store today and listen to The Power of Positivity. Last week, I talked about how my family dealt with two people having COVID simultaneously. Honestly, it was a success. If you can have a successful COVID experience, it was highly successful. And if you want to hear more about that, head on over to yddoa.com 100. And I've been sharing our story with my close friends and family, and all of them said that we were the first family that they knew who got COVID. They didn't know anyone else who got it within their circle, which I thought was kind of interesting. I figured at this point, um, since we know it's very contagious, more people would know others who got it, but that was not the case. The other thing that I heard on the news this past week, and you probably did too, was that I think it was like 97,000 children across, across the country tested positive for COVID. And I know that sounds really alarming, doesn't it? And just the perfect time to announce that, as most of us are planning on going back to in-person school. The thing is, if those children were tested just now and had no symptoms, they probably had it all along. Like, meaning kids in general. They probably had it all along since this entire time since the pandemic started and have probably been carrying it practically with no symptoms. It just seems like... No matter what we do, COVID is here to stay, mask mandate or not. And we should start trying to figure out how we're just 
going to live with it. Anyway, it's back to school season, and I really hope I can keep up with the podcast. I have no intention right now of not doing it weekly, but I am feeling a little anxious about school starting, just like I do every year. But there is the added stress with all the changes due to the coronavirus, and that's what I want to talk about today. If you're listening to this for the first time, I'm a mom and a teacher. I've been teaching fifth grade for most of my 23 years, and I have a son going to college, a daughter who's in high school, and my youngest is going into third grade. In addition, my husband's boys are going into junior high and high school. Come the end of August and early September, many households like ours will change, and hopefully for the better. My district has chosen to give families a choice of either having their children go um, all online to school or all in person. And honestly, no matter what people have decided, whatever their choice is, is what is best for them. What makes me really sad is that on the news and on social media, there's so much um, with parents like slinging mud at each other over this. And I'm not sure why it matters what each individual family chooses to do. I mean, every single family and student is different no matter what. So in my eyes, no matter what decision you have made for your child, that is the right decision. Because I know a lot of parents are on the fence about what they should do. And just know, whatever you decide is right for your family. Just like most educators across the country have no idea what this is going to be like. In fact, probably all the educators have no idea what this is going to be like. I've never taught online, with the exception of the emergency shutdown that left no times for teachers to prepare. I've also never taught in a school where the kids have to stay away from each other and can't work in small groups and wear masks all day. None of us has ever been through a pandemic. And that being said, please take it easy on the teachers and educators. Things are going to change. I mean, look at all the changes that have happened to all of us since March. I mean, change is one of the things that we know for certain is going to come. So we just need to start getting a little bit comfortable with that. Since I'm a teacher and a parent, I wanted to share what I feel is the best way to prepare your child for a successful year, no matter how that's going to look. Either they will be in school or at home. I think I can shed some light on both. I'm going to start about talking about getting ready for in-person school, and then I'll switch gears and give you some tips from the inside on how I think families should get ready for remote learning as well. My kids are all going to school. In other words, they will be taught in person. Right now, um, whenever we're together, we talk about how to keep ourselves as germ-free as possible. Now, my son, who's our oldest, he's 18, I am a little concerned about in a couple of ways. Um, He'll be having a roommate, and they will have to share their own room. But then they have to share a bathroom with four other boys, as well as a little common area. So let me say this again. So that's a total of six boys who have to share one bathroom. And I'm wondering how many of you moms are cringing right now. 
I mean, Christian is your typical athlete boy. And although he's done some really dirty jobs on mission trips, I'm pretty sure he's never cleaned a bathroom. We've been talking about the importance of keeping that bathroom clean, but let's be real here. How many 18-year-old boys do you know will keep a bathroom clean, especially when there's a nasty virus among us? I mean, you would think that maybe would help. And maybe I'm wrong, but I know my child, and I don't know, unless he ends up living with a neat freak, I'm a little concerned about them all sharing a bathroom. Um, I will be sending him with a toilet brush and toilet cleaner, and I'm pretty sure he isn't going to use it. And I'll be showing him how to clean a toilet very soon before he leaves this week, but in all reality, I'm pretty confident that it isn't going to get done, at least not by my kid. (laughs) So I'm really banking on there being a really responsible boy out of the six of them that will hopefully stay on top of it. My mind will feel better sending him with cleaners, but I just don't have a ton of faith in him. So I'm also going to send him with a can of Lysol for him to spray all over everything before he touches anything in the bathroom. It's not likely that he will physically wipe things down, but spraying is more his style. And I'll be sending plenty of hand soap that I will be placing in the bathroom before I leave him to fend for himself. He already knows what it looks like for someone to have COVID. And like I said, my daughter and husband's COVID experience was next to nothing. But no one wants to have to quarantine when they have no symptoms. Quarantining when you feel perfectly fine is not fun. Plus, for Christian, should he get it or one of his roommates get it, he's going to have to come home. And I I can tell you right now, he doesn't want to come home. He cannot wait to move out of this house. Um, So he is very excited, which I am thankful for. I will miss him and have my own things to deal with. But um, I'm glad he's excited. But uh, I know he's not going to want to come home if he has to quarantine because either he has it or somebody in his uh, little suite has it. So I'll have to remind him of that. And the last thing I want to mention, and you guys know I am pretty real with you, um, and it's pretty gross, but I'm going to say it anyway. But if you're parents of teenage boys, you might have had this talk with your son already, but some boys pee in the shower. And this is terrifying to me, and I can't remember how or when I found this out, but it has scarred me because I never thought that people did that. I guess I'm kind of naive. But um, I do remember when Christian was little, somehow I found out that people actually do that, mostly boys. Um, So I know that it uh, it was a while ago that I found this out. And for the record, it was not because Christian was the one doing it. Um, Christian has known for most of his life that it is not okay to pee in in the shower. And I still will never understand why boys do this. And parents, you probably don't know if your son is doing this, but consider this a public service announcement and have the talk right now. Christian knows not to do this, but I don't trust that his roommates won't. And therefore, whether you have a son or daughter who's going into college, send them to school with shower shoes. And what I mean by that is get them a cheap pair of plastic flip-flops from Walmart or something like that. All right, on to the next thing. In-person school. Every year, parents want to know how to get their kids organized. Honestly, let them go to school and see if the teacher has some kind of organizational system. I know last year, um, Haley's teacher was very organized, and um, 
and Haley just followed the instructions from her teacher and remained pretty organized for the duration of the year. For all three of my kids up until probably fifth grade, the school gave them a shuttle folder. Um, this is a quality plastic folder and is like magic. And if your school does not provide one, you can probably mimic the shuttle folder's purpose. It's just one folder. And I've seen so many parents, you know, frustrated with their child and they come in and they tell me that they bought this accordion folder and, you know, this special things for their kids to stay organized and all of this stuff. And um, at, at the elementary age, it tends not to work. So one folder is pretty good. Um, one pocket is labeled keep at home and the other pocket is labeled return to school. It's that simple. All, of, all three of my kids have found much success with this, and I've seen a lot of students have a lot of success. But the key is, is that um, preferably the parents would check that folder every day um, and get the things out of there that um, need to stay at home because that does actually help the kids stay organized and then the parents know what they've been doing at school. Um, I be, believe it was sixth grade when this system stopped and they had to kind of fend for themselves. And for those of you with older kids, have a conversation with your child about how they want to organize themselves and ask them what they think they need. Once kids hit sixth grade, it's probably best that they have some input. I've sat on so many conferences with frustrated parents because their child is a disorganized nightmare. My own son is one of those nightmares. It never mattered to him um, what system I tried to implement, and it never worked. <laughs> I discovered that what he needed to do was what he needed to do without me being a part of it. <laughs> Seeing his book bag stuffed with papers and papers shoved into the book itself used to drive me insane. But I've learned to look away. He's been a straight-A student for almost all of his schooling for the most part. So who am I to argue? So I've backed off. Maybe your, your child is disorganized and isn't getting good grades. What then? I say make suggestions and come up with a plan together. I mean, think of it this way. As adults, we would not want someone to impose an organizational system on us and then be expected to use it if it's not comfortable. So the same thing with kids. So I really encourage parents and the student to talk to each other about how they could get organized. Any child across the country um, is more than likely going to have to wear a mask if they're attending in-person school. I did an entire episode on how to prepare your child to become comfortable with wearing a mask. And you can check that out on yddoa.com slash 98. So after this episode, jump back to that one if you need tips on how to get your child used to it. For the record, Haley is my most difficult child. And when you listen to the episode, I really did all of the things that I mentioned. And for my very reluctant child who is stubborn, she now puts her mask on as easily as she puts on her shoes. So jump back to episode 98 to hear about how to make your child feel comfortable with having it on. Make sure you talk to your child as to why they need to wear one without making it sound like they might die. Um, I know a lot of parents are very panicked and nervous and anxious about sending their children to school, um, but uh, the last thing you want to do is have your child feel anxious at school. I mean, tell them what you know. Tell them that most kids get it, but they don't even know they have it. 
and mostly they're wearing their masks to protect their teachers. Make sure they understand which kinds of people are considered to be at risk. I've explained to Haley that we don't want to give it to Mama and Papa, and that those are her grandparents that she sees at least once a week. And I guess in a way, fortunately for Haley, she already knows what quarantining is like. She knows if someone in the house gets it, we can't be around each other, and that part really wasn't fun at all. As for my teenage daughter, McKenna, I heard her and her friends talking about their concerns, and the one that really stuck out to me is that they know there will be some kids who will take their masks off and breathe all over other kids because they think it's funny. And you know how kids can be. And all I could do is tell them that if they know who those kids probably are, to just steer clear of them. As a teacher, I know we will do our best to make sure that that doesn't happen, but you know, kids sometimes are able to sneak past us we can't be everywhere all the time so just you know try to strongly suggest that your kids stay away from the kids that they know who are going to be monkeying around with their breathing and lastly don't forget to put their names on their masks after having a meeting with our admins this week um, at our school students will be given breaks throughout the day to take their masks off in a safe and distanced environment and we definitely don't want them dropping them or accidentally picking up someone else's mask and believe me kids drop things all over the floor like typically during the school year if a kid says I don't have a pencil all I have to say is look on the floor there are plenty of pencils on the floor so I can only assume that this may happen with the masks and um, we don't want our kids putting masks from the floor back onto their faces or picking up someone else's mask and putting it on their faces. So for Haley, I will be making her a lanyard with clips so that um, I can put the straps into the clips so if she takes it off or it falls off, it won't fall onto the floor. But no matter what, all of my kids will be going to school with extra masks that they can get to very easily. Now, for my remote learner families, I mean, really all learners, even the ones attending in-person school. And by the way, I just found out that I personally have to teach online and um, I have two in-person classes. But at any rate, no matter how school is going to look, you definitely need to figure out a routine today and maybe even start practicing that routine or write it down on the refrigerator something like start easing your kids into a routine because I don't know what your family's like but you know since March routines <laughs> have gone out the window at our house so all three of my kids they stay up till later than they ever have before my husband's kids sometimes stay up till 2 or 3 a.m. I know Christian's been staying up till past midnight playing video games, and um, that just isn't going to work. So, <laughs> I mean, in March, we were in an emergency situation, and we had no idea what we were doing. And I'm going to bet at the beginning of the pandemic mess, most teachers probably put the assignments online, but for the most part, students were not required to show up at a certain time on Zoom or Google Hangouts and schedules were, you know, next to nothing and went completely out the window in March. Then this school year, um, I know for my school will be very different for online school, and I can only assume it's the same across the country. Um, at my school, students will be required to show up on Zoom at a certain time to receive their instruction. So start gradually getting them to bed early and rising earlier as soon as possible. 
I know some parents will be able to work outside of the home and many kids will unfortunately be left to fend for themselves. So make sure you have some conversations about expectations as soon as possible. I know McKenna would do fine with online school. She did a great job this past year, but was very frustrated because she did not have access to her teachers as quickly as she normally would. I should also mention that she is more organized than me, so I'm very fortunate. <laughs> but um, but I did, you know, we during the pandemic and they were still in school, I did get them up at the same time every day to keep them in a routine. And so um, if that's not been happening, you definitely want to get the kids up and um, – get them moving earlier. Um, For most younger kids, uh, getting the kids onto a schedule is going to be a challenge. Um, I already have somewhat of a plan in place should Haley have to start learning online mid-year. And that is to buddy up with another family and switch kids. Um, For example, and I haven't totally talked to my neighbor about this because hopefully we won't need to do this but I've mentioned it Um, but my neighbor across the street has one child in high school um, and another one in junior high and we kind of chat about this just a little bit but I would like to send Haley over there to get her work done and take their kids or since their kids are older I might have all three of them come to my house to work or have Haley go there with with their kids. Being around other kids is the beauty of in-person school your child will want to save face. Did your child throw an absolute fit when it was work time during the pandemic? Because mine did, and I literally have the scars to prove it. The thing is, Haley isn't going to have a hissy fit in front of other kids, even if it's just the neighbor across the street. She's not going to do it. So if you've been having those issues, and if you can, and if you feel comfortable with this, I would see if you can find someone to switch kids with for an hour or so and let them maybe have a friend over to work with and when they're finished let them have a play date. Kids always work better for other adults and they won't throw hissy fits in front of their friends either even if it's just one friend. Next and this is a big concern for me um, try to expose your child to something other than their core subjects. I'm not sure if your child will get art music or gym remotely um, so this part may be in your hands. In my opinion, each of these subjects are equally as important to math or science or reading. Art and music brings joy. I mean, you know, the other classes are fun, but I mean, art and music is a, is a joyful thing, and God knows we need that right now. And these two classes where kids get to use their imagination, and honestly, there isn't enough of that going on anymore. I've seen so many times where I'll have a student that fails math or science or language arts, but they really, really excel in art or music. And sometimes this is where they are the most successful. So find ways to incorporate music um, and art at home. Um, And I know, like, you know, there's a lot of things closed down and we don't want to go out as much as we used to. But but one of the things I noticed is that... um, Haley, she just learned how to use GarageBand and has been creating music. In fact, I might be using some of her um, created music in my show. Um, So I got to go through that again. But like her music was really, really good. So um, you might notice some little extra music and that might be for my little eight-year-old. And um, if you don't know how to use it, check it out on YouTube. So um, it's easy enough that, I mean, Haley's eight and she uses it very easily Um, and she can create music 
all on her own on her iPad. All I know how to do on GarageBand is create a podcast. <laughs> I don't know how to do anything else, and I'm sure it does. I know it does more than just create a podcast. But kids really like technology, and GarageBand can easily help them get musically creative. Um, check out Pinterest for ideas, but really try to encourage the kids to use their own imaginations. Haley will watch a YouTube video to learn how to create an amazing home in Blocksburg, which is like kind of an extension of... Um, Oh gosh, what's it called? That that game that all the kids play. I can't think of the name of it right now. Roblox. That's what it's called. It's like an extension of Roblox where the kids can build their own towns. It's really incredible. You should check it out because um, there's a lot of creativity going on there. I was like not really liking that she was on her iPad so much, but when I saw that um, how the kids are creating and communicating with each other, um, it really is amazing. Um, but what Haley will do is she'll watch a YouTube video to learn how to create an amazing home and then she'll you know she'll pause it so she can create the same house in Blocksburg but one thing I notice is that in, as soon as she can't do it exactly as the YouTube video she gets really upset and I finally encouraged her to create that part of the house that she's struggling with like instead of copying it um, to create her own part of that house and um, she's discovered that she's pretty satisfied with her work. And sometimes you could simply, and I've done this before, and <laughs> it's really fun, um, sometimes give your child some recyclable, recyclable items and some masking tape and watch their little minds create something that didn't exist moments earlier. It's like one of my favorite things about teaching. The kids, their imaginations are just amazing when they have the opportunity to use them. And as for Jim, this is super important too. Help them find a workout on YouTube or check out Go Noodle. And I'll add a link to the show notes if you're not familiar with Go Noodle, but it has all sorts of kid workouts that are fun and they're totally tailored for kids. Um, and I've even done them with my own students as well. But, um, but my own students, they're at the fifth grade level and they love Go Noodle still. So um, give that one a look. All right, so... Let's recap. No matter what, start working on a routine as soon as possible. Explain to your child why school looks the way it does without shaming other families and without panicking. So like, for example, if, you know, your child's best friend isn't going to school, you know, in person and your child is, you know, let's, we really like need to work as a society to not put each other down. Um, so, um, but make sure that you don't shame other families and, and not panic when you're talking to your child. Even if you're anxious, put it aside for the sake of your child. If you choose to send them into the school building, you want to be able to drop them off and you want them to feel safe while there. Last thing you want as you're trying to get your own self off to work after drop off is to have a screaming child who is clinging to you because they don't want to go to school. And this has happened, and it's not fun for the parent, the child, or all staff that's involved. I've been there. Do what you can to make your child feel mentally and physically comfortable. With either model of schooling for your child, let them have some input on how to stay organized. Talk to them about being clean and why that's super important, and be specific. Um, talk to your children you know I just noticed the other day I gave Haley some hand sanitizer and then 
she started dripping it from one hand to the next. You know, talk to the kids about doing those types of things. Um, show them the correct way to use hand sanitizer. Um, and don't just assume that your child knows how to stay clean, um, even if they're older. And make sure to send them to school with hand sanitizer where they can get to it easily. I'm even tempted, this just came into my head just now, to, you know, because you can buy those hand sanitizer, like, cases, I guess, that you can clip onto, like, your purse or something. But maybe I'll clip um, Haley's sanitizer to her lanyard. <laughs> now, there's an idea. And lastly, be kind to the teachers and administrators. We've never done this before. And there will be changes, and everyone will need to adjust. It is just the new way things are, I guess. I mean, we've always had changes in the past, but, you know, I can anticipate that this year is going to look very different. And we will all need to work together and roll with the punches as they come along. Anyway, I hope that this will be a successful year. I really do have hope that it's going to be great. And educators have a better handle on how to make remote learning more meaningful. We know more about COVID than we did in March, so there will be plans in place to keep the school clean. And I really do wish the best of luck to everyone across the country as we reopen our schools. I know for myself, I am happy to go back. I don't like I don't like what I see that's going on in our country, and I know I'm in the position to help many kids and families in our community. I've never been one to sit back and watch things fall apart and be okay with it, knowing that I have capacity to help. Let's all have a positive attitude about school. We get to go to school no matter how it looks, and what a great thing. Our world is in desperate need of positivity and awesomeness. And you're here because you crave that too. So be a leader of awesomeness in your community. Thank you again so much for listening. If this was helpful to you, please feel free to share it. I would love to connect with you more. So please join my Facebook group at www.facebook.com groups slash Y-D-D-O-A. You can also find me on Instagram at yourddofawesome and on Twitter at Cindy Liming. And be sure to check out my website at yddoa.com where you will find all of the deals, resources, and episodes of Your Daily Dose of Awesome. Thanks again for listening. I'm Cindy Liming and make it a week full of awesomeness.
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com.